it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Punani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. We sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. I need a straw to fling, fling, fling. I need a straw for when people try a ting. I need a straw, it feels so right. I need a straw in my life. I need a straw to fling, fling, fling. I need a straw. Yeah, yeah. All that, yeah. I like that one. I like all of my ones, to be honest. Well, yes. Hello, everyone. Let me just move this. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of SYM. It is me, Kalechi, up in a place to be. I'm just, yeah, I'm just here, you know. I feel like this is my my last episode before the tenant is evicted. You have been evicted from the Ben's Punani house. Please take your belongings. What belongings does he even have that he'll be taking there? Anyway, but no, I'm really, really excited. I am excited. I think everyone finds it hilarious that um, I call the baby a tenant, but I'm just, I'm really excited. Like he's outward home, his new abode, his new accommodation is already very, very pretty. Um, I've already put his name on the wall, although you kind of have, wait till the naming ceremony to like have the official name and things like that. But I already knew the name, the first, like the names I wanted him to have anyway, I already had um the idea in my head of of the names that I wanted, I just knew. So um, yeah. So the, his main name is already um on the wall. You know those kind of fancy wall decals. It's already up there. So um, yeah. Anyway, let me introduce the podcast pro- properly before I just launch into talking about all of the things. Them, it's me. Like I said, Kalechi Kalechi Okafor up in a place. Yep, 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 yep. And this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right. Suck your mum. Woo, 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 man. Um, every 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 episode, I'm proud of this podcast, you know. Thank you to everyone that listened to the Leona Nicole Black episode and hollered at her thereafter. Like she's a baby girl, she's doing major things. And and I love that so many of you said that that was like your favorite, if not one of your favorite episodes, because um I was listening back to it and I was so enriched by the conversation. Like I just love being able to talk about, you know, the things that really kind of sets my soul alight. And and she, Leona brings that like she's amazing. So yeah, I feel like this might be um, the last episode because it was really an extreme sport getting here today um, because I took the tube today. I didn't want to drive. You know, even the last time that I recorded the episode, I think it was that Leona episode. First, I got a ticket for parking outside Brent and and Brent told me that it was going to be okay, but we're going to beef about that later. And then I I ended up driving through one area when I was driving on the dual carriageway that I wasn't meant to have gone through. I mean, they haven't said anything to me yet, but yeah, boy. Yeah. I just thought, let me sit my ass on the tube and just make my way over here. Like a, like a sensible, sensible baby girl. So here I am. Um, 
And I don't know when I'll be back, but I think I'll be back pretty soon after Baby Boy arrives. I think I'll be back pretty soon after, as long as like, yeah, I just feel up to it. Um, I'll be back and possibly have him here with me in the studio. So by God's grace, you know, I pray for like um, a straightforward and and peaceful, um, you know, birth. But let's see how it goes. Let's just see how it goes. But thank you to everybody who has been um, so positive and so lovely towards me. And so just like your energy has been amazing. Like I literally feel it. All of the people who have wished me well, um, I'm so, so thankful for those of you who haven't um, Because it's weird Some people really don't like me yet. They listen to every episode of the podcast It's really weird But anyway for you Psalm 91 Psalm 91 is for your pussies But um, anyway for everybody else Now thank you Thank you so so much Thank you I appreciate you um, greatly Anyway let's get into the bits So what have I been up to well, it's been a lot. Um, I've gone to quite a few screenings and press nights. I know just waddling about the place like one confused penguin. I've just been going about the place um, to these. So I, I went to see The Sun is Also a Star, uh, starring Yara Shahidi. And that was done by Vamp. Big up yourselves, Vamp UK. That was really cute. That was really, really cute. And um, I think it's written by Nicola Yoon, um, the book that the uh, film is based on. And it was just, it was just nice. It was just nice to kind of see a bit of romantic, um, just a romantic, cute little comedy thing and starring um, non-white people or, you know, centering non-white people and talking about a non-white issue. I mean... Obviously, with the nature of the film, there were certain aspects that they touched on. And I just thought, what, we're going to skate over that, like the anti-blackness of this Korean family. And we kind of skated over that, who then own a black hair shop. Mad. But overall, a decent film. And um, Vamp got us um, copies of the book as well, which I'm yet to read. But yeah, that was that was good. And then I went to see The Last Tree by Shola Amu, which is part of... um, um, like a, it's, it's it's part of like a whole series of events, and uh, at the BFI South Bank. And when I tell you that film was just gorgeous, it was it was really really nice. It was Shola, great writer, great director. It, it's um, the protagonist is a black boy, it's, um, semi autobiographical, and it comes out September twenty seventh in the cinema. So I'd recommend that you go and like watch it. I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't send you to go and watch nonsense. You know me. If it didn't bang, I wouldn't even mention it on the show. But it bangs severely. And what I loved the most about it was, um, I'm. I mean, I, I I have issues with the portrayal of the mother initially because it just seemed very misogynoir esque. You know the way that the mum was portrayed initially. Um, you know the white foster mum is this lovely, oh so caring, whatever, whatever. I mean, why is she giving you chocolate every night after dinner? Are we not discussing that? But whatever. Um, so yeah, so initially I had an issue with that, but actually when we follow the journey, we we understand that. The mother too has her own wounds And what is being reflected to us Is literally what um, a lot of Nigerian and British children know You know, um, as a reality Uh, So yeah, it was really, really good But yeah, my my favourite bit in it was... um, was near the end where we encounter an Ifa priest You know, the Ifa spirituality system is like what people tend to call like babalawa and things like that and i personally hate the way that it's been vilified like vilified and demonized throughout um history to the and only because 
um, the missionaries and all these pussyclarts wanted to sell us a version of white supremacist Christianity um, in Nigeria to kind of get us to be complicit um, in slavery and for uh, of our own of our own enslavement and of colonization. And so we have rejected our own um, initial spiritual beliefs um, to adopt another. I do, I do believe that there's a purity to Christianity, but not the ones that was brought over, um, whether it was by, Portu- by the Portuguese or by the British. Um, I, I don't very much believe in that. Uh, and yeah, and, and for them to do that, there had to be this propaganda about our own traditional religions and our own traditional cosmology that we have um, cultivated in order to get us to eschew that, to deny that, to dismiss that in order to take on what they've said. But honestly, when you take on what we've been taught by white supremacist Christianity and the like, um, and just Abrahamic religions generally um, that have been used as political tools, you find that what's they're anti-black in nature and also they all insist that inherently you're a sinner and and I don't believe that. And anyway, when it's shown in this movie, um, it's just beautifully done. It's beautifully done. Like the, the Ifa um, prayer that's even done is so poetic, so beautiful. And yeah, I just really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, leading on from the conversation I had with Leona and Nicole Black in the last episode, it's just so important that we as non-white people really go back to understand our own um, almost like indigenous um, traditions and um, cultures and belief systems because there's so much to be found there. There's so much power to be found there. And I often wonder, like I think I said in a previous um, episode, why um, part of the reason I think that um, the African diaspora were able to survive when we when they dispersed across you know the Americas and everywhere else in the world. Um, the reason they were able to survive is because you know when we look at Cuba, Brazil, they held on to um, this cosmology, like I've mentioned from um, Yoruba land or from West West Africa. They held on to that, so that was part of their res- um, how they were able to resist what was happening to them, and um, it help them to be resilient. And I'm actually going to touch on that later about slavery and generations and whatever, whatever. Um, So it helped them to survive. And I wonder if we can ever um, get over colonization or anything of the like, if we're still ascribing to the brand of religion that was brought over by the colonizer. That's not to, that's not to um, disregard Christianity in its whole form. I'm just saying that the brand that's been bought, that's, that's, that's the one that fucks me up. But yeah. So anyway, The Last Tree by Shola Amu is out Wednesday, 27th of, I said Wednesday. I don't even know if it's a Wednesday. I just made that up. It's out September 27th. And, um, and I'd recommend that if you can, you should go see it because it really, really does bang. It, it's, it's cute. It is. It does feel long in some places, but it's really good. And the guy who plays the um, the lead, uh, the lead role, I think his name's Sam Adewumi. Really, really good. I love the internal dialogue that he conveys just with his eyes and just his the way he uses his face without speaking is really beautiful to look at. So yeah, that was wonderful. And then. Um, I think, yeah, then I went to see my friend, you know, um, Abraham Adeyemi. I went to go and see um, a rehearsed reading of his play at the Bunker Theatre called All the Shit I Can't Say to My Dad. Um, I was, you know, initially one of the people considered for directing it. But then when I knew, um, you know, when I considered the pregnancy and how far along I was, I just didn't want to 
commit myself to it and not be able to do it justice because the script is so, so good. Like the play, the play text is so good. I just didn't want to be like, oh, my uterus hurts. And then I'm not focusing on the acting or focusing on directing um, this piece properly. So I early on, I said, nah, gee, I don't think that I can, you know, put myself forward for this role or continue um, input myself forward for this role. But I went to go and see the rehearsed reading and it was um, Shopway Dirisu. Dirisu? Sorry, Shopway, I've messed up your name. Anyway, uh, I went to go and see him do the rehearsed reading at the press night. And it's such a beautiful text. Um, it, it wasn't initially meant to be a um, rehearsed reading. It was meant to be a full play. But I think some people moved mad within that whole setup. So it didn't actually go the way it was meant to. But... Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it being a full play and um, hopefully, you know, I might throw my hat in the ring for that one to be able to direct it because being able to actually listen and and really hear a great, uh, like a really, really good actor read the words out. I had so many ideas for what I could possibly cont- contribute, but we'll see. Whoever directs it, I'm sure they'll do a great job when it's like a full when it's done as a full play, but even as a rehearsed reading, it was beautiful. So big up yourself, Abraham. Um, and that's it. Yeah, I've just been about, you know, just about going to films, going to theatre, um, seeing all them bits, because that's genuinely what I enjoy doing. And it brings me joy. So why not? Um, so yeah, those are the things I've been up to. I think I mentioned about the baby shower. The baby shower banged. The baby shower banged severely. We played musical chairs. There's never been a musical chairs like it. It was hilarious. Um, and I had a great time. So now... We just wait. We just wait. The baby's fully baked. The you know bun is fully baked, and we just we're just out here, just 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 waiting, just for when it's gonna happen. Who knows? Who knows? But until then, I'll just continue being a baby girl. So let's get into then the tarot for this week or for this episode. Now, what I um asked about when I was pulling the cards, really. I asked, what is the message that people need to, that listeners need to be aware of while I'm away? I think that that's important rather than just going like, hey guys, I'm just about to go and stretch out my vagina. I'll be back in a bit. I just thought, no, let me leave you with some, with a message, with some guidance before I head out Um, and, you know, to hold you until I'm back. And it's funny that the first card that came out was a major arcana card. Uh, from the Crystal Banner Kaleidodope deck And it was the strength card in reverse Which is really interesting to me Because I think that that's a major theme And you know, when you look at the strength card In the Kaleidodope deck You see an arm holding up some um, a, um, a dumbbell And yeah, just literally trying to depict like physical strength, but this kind of speaks to emotional, spiritual, uh, mental strength as well. And we've got at the top of it, the sign of eternity, you know, like that figure eight. So we've got that there as well, but it came out in reverse. And I think the reason it came out in reverse is because, especially since the, uh, the, the question I put out is what should um, the listeners focus on or, the, you know, generally the energy that they should focus on while I'm away. And it was ultimately believe in your own fucking strength. Like I appreciate so much that 
so many of you listen to the podcast week in, week and when week in, week out. No, every other week. Like you listen to this podcast and you say how much um um joy and strength and you know confidence that it brings you and all of those things. But those things existed within you. Like it, it's not it's not like I gave it to you or the podcast gave it to you. It was already within you. So don't forget that. Like the the only way that like, you can really lose your power is to believe that you have none. Like your power is innate, it's it's a part of you. Like it's your birthright, you know? So rather than looking to external forces or to looking to other people to be your strength, understand that you have all of that same strength that you admire in other people. You have it within yourself as well. And it's about you tapping into that strength and using it, using it for your own betterment. Stop waiting for other people to give you permission to use your own power because then is it really power, you know? So don't doubt yourself and don't doubt your strength. Like, use it, use it in this time that I'm not about. And it's really interesting again, like I said, that this message came up because because I had Leona as a guest last week, I couldn't cuss out some of your clarts the way that I wanted to cuss out your clarts. Um, and that's not a lot of people, don't get me wrong. It's just like a select few people. And yes, I've received emails of um, some, it's, I guess it was meant to be an apology, but with my um, understanding of the English language, I don't really consider it an apology if it seems that somebody is still being indignant that they did what they did and they had a right to do that thing. And it comes back to the whole tagging me and trauma thing. And um for those who aren't on my Instagram or whatever, I I went to a Pilates class um, a few weeks ago and I came out of the Pilates class feeling good. You know, I've centered myself, came out of the Pilates class only to see that somebody's tagged me on Instagram. A new page has been created um, to talk about maternity, uh, maternal um, health and the um, maternity, maternal um, mortality rates of black women in the UK. And so I've been tagged in this post and it says, do you know that black British women are five times more likely to die during childbirth? And I lost my shit, you know, I lost my shit. I, 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 I got, I got cruddy. I, I got vexed because I more than anyone know about that statistic. I more than anyone after having a miscarriage, very, very aware of the lack of care that's given to um, black women, black British women within the um, healthcare sector. I'm very, very aware of that. So, you know, fuck you and the horse that you rode in on to that. You would think that, you know what, because you discovered this shit in April, you're now going to message me and, and let me know after I've been talking about this. And I just wish that some of you would take time, take time and check the, the, the background of the people that you reach out to in order to spread your message, because you end up, doing more harm than good. Like your message could have reached so much further with my platform included if you hadn't fucking pissed me off because all that happened was I cussed you out and I blocked you. So actually I'm not taking your specific message further. I'm not taking your specific um, page or movement further because I now consider you to be a dickhead that does not do your research. Everybody do your rascal research before you start reaching out to people. Some of you are like, oh, I'm an avid podcast listener and I just wanted to ask you questions about X, Y, Z. So how are you an avid podcast listener but you sent your email to my pole dance studio email address. How? Because every time I tell you, if you want to send something, send it to sym at kalechiokafor.com. So how are you a listener? And you sent that there. You're not a listener. You're a learner. Are you a learner? That's what happens, you know? So I know that this is coming off a tangent of um, the tarot, but it's something that I feel like I need to get off my spirit. 
if you just believed in your own source and if you just believed in your own strength a little bit more, you would not then disproportionately give me your grief and your trauma to carry for you or your movement to, 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 to propel forward. I'm always happy to facilitate the thing. I'm always happy to support the thing and, 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 and amplify voices that I feel like everything has been well constructed and put in place. Like, uh, if you've never experienced a miscarriage and then have a, um, had a pregnancy afterwards, I don't think you understand the daily fear that one feels. Like Brene Brown talks about dress rehearsing tragedy And I've mentioned it on the show before But there's nothing like Oh, you know, you see those apps And it's like, oh, your baby's the size of a melon this week And and you're like, oof, I made it another week Oof, I made it another week No, no bad news Knowing how much that there, As much as there are people riding for you There are also people who do not want you to fucking succeed And, do, and definitely, definitely do want misery for your life I'm very aware that these people exist And I just actively block them out So I'm dealing with all of these anxieties I'm dealing with the fact that As somebody who's a fitness professional And I've been very athletic pretty much all of my life My body's changed in a way That I'm not in control of so I'm, there's so many facets and aspects to being pregnant, being a pregnant black woman, being a pregnant Nigerian woman, because again, you've got all of the, you know, the superstitions and you've got all of these things that everyone's trying to project onto you. You've got so much happening that people are just waiting to tell you that because you decided to live your best life and, and just continue and forge forward that if anything happens, you're to blame and rare, 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 just like, um, when the miscarriage happened you're, But I'm still persevering I'm still going forward And then you with your stupid ashy fingers And your dry fucking lips And the crust between your eyeballs Decide that You know what I'm going to message her to talk about it Have some fucking decorum You fucking cunts Have some decorum Now I appreciate that um, uh, You know One of you reached out And was just like You know what I'm apologising on behalf of this person And blah 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 I appreciate that But the fact of the matter is That it doesn't change my rage And some of you need to understand That you're just lucky that I'm 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 in a place where I'm working at being a baby girl because you'd get clotted in your throat if I saw you in person. I trust and believe that you would. But I'm just trying to focus on being that baby girl, focus on being that um evolved spiritual being that I know that I was sent here to be because a kick in the pussy sometimes sets people the right way and and how they need to behave. But um it's important to understand that people as as strong as you see them um they are there's there's obviously strength and vulnerability right but they are incredibly vulnerable too i am a human being i am vulnerable too i have my own fears and insecurities and that's the whole reason that i create a podcast like this so there's a space when we just talk about the things and and we are aware and you and you see that you know that aspect of me or certain aspects of me So it's, it just blows my mind That you don't even follow me to that Or maybe you do But you're Nah I don't even know Because I think that the people Who follow me know Know how to behave It's the ones that don't They're like Oh Kalechi have you seen this? Oh Kalechi have you seen this? When are you going to speak about this? Could you use your platform To write a thread about this? Could you use a, your platform To write a thread about your mum's pussy You dickhead Yeah Use your platform to draw straws and stick it in your mum's pussy. That's what you should do. You know, other people's strengths, you don't know how they cultivate it. You don't even know how deep it goes, you know, but you don't want to leave space for that. And I just thank God for my therapist. I thank God for my therapist because that's been a way of for me to focus on 
you know, how I feel about certain things and how I'm navigating like this whole pregnancy thing and, and, you know, going forward from there, I, it, it would just have been so much harder if I had to deal with all the fuckeries um, that happen online and in life and in, you know, everyday, day-to-day life if I didn't have those sessions to go to. So back to the, the card, you know, after I said all of that, back to the card, trust in your strength more, trust in your, your network more. Nobody helped me really to, when I started my social media page, I just kept talking and I kept talking consistently. You keep talking consistently and people will pay attention rather than just like, let me tag lots of people who have lots of followers and then they will do the work for me. Do the work for your fucking self. Yeah. And even when we come out of the social media realm and we're just talking about things, generally speaking, you have the strength, the strength that you're, you're enmeshed and, and, and in codependent relationships looking for other people to give you you have within yourself to actually use it and the reason that some of you aren't using it it's because the next card that came out was the five of coins so the five of coins we see a figure out in the snow walking alone dressed in all black um or just dressed in really dark colors and just walking out in the snow alone and what that's meant to reflect is um that you have a vision or you have an idea of yourself that makes you feel like you're lacking. None of us, nobody that listens to this, this podcast is lacking in, in any way, shape or form. You are so spiritually, emotionally and mentally blessed. You are blessed beyond your own fucking comprehension. Like my G, you are so, so blessed and, and everything is just lining up as it should. You just don't see it yet. So rather than relying on other people to be your strength because you don't believe that you have it or you um have a fear of Maybe if you show the strength that you have That people will leave you Let those motherfuckers leave Do you know how many motherfuckers Have, have cleared out of my life And when they've cleared out do you, the, the, the number of blessings That have been able to come through the door Because you've got to consider these people Yeah, There's a doorway of your life There's a doorway And God is trying to send blessings Through that doorway But these bitches are standing there They're standing there and blocking it And they're blocking it And they might be saying things to you Like oh I appreciate you so much I, I like you, I love you But their actions really aren't saying that But me because their actions aren't saying that Because they're blocking the doorway, right? They're blocking the doorway Meanwhile, they're telling you all of these things That they appreciate about you Or maybe they're not even telling you these things They're just chatting shit to you Meanwhile, blocking your doorway You've got to be alright with the fact That sometimes God is going to kick them in their fucking back like Kick them in their rascal spine To move them out of the way Just drag them and drag them the fuck out of your way And then the doorway's open And then you're looking there like Oh my God! Oh, they're gone. They're gone. But they needed to go because otherwise the doorway wouldn't be open. That portal for your blessing would not be open if these people stayed around. So if your fear is that if I speak my truth and if I behave and 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 appear in this world as who I truly am, people will leave me. Then they weren't never, they weren't ever meant to be there in the first place. Or maybe they were, but they've served their purpose and it's time for them to go. Like I don't see. Um, you know, like there's certain friendships and relationships and obviously things that I'm not in anymore, haven't been in for years or months or whatever. And it's so easy to turn those people into the bad guys in your story. Sometimes there's no good or bad. Sometimes the time is just up, you know? So there's no need to vilify them in order for them to be removed from your life. Sometimes it's just understanding that they can no longer be there because They've got their own journey to go on And you've got your journey to go on And you've just got to be like Accepting of that 
as hard as it is to swallow. And and that's what I've realized in like the past, I'd say like three years, definitely in the last three years, definitely that some friendships, you don't even notice that there's a problem. And then all of a sudden some major blessing comes your way and people start moving reckless. People start going just mad and it's heartbreaking. I, some, I Sometimes I even think friendships are more heartbreaking than like intimate you know, relationships in that, in terms of like romantic relationships in that. And it it hurts. But now I look at my life and where my life is and I understand why those people had to go. That's not necessarily to say that they were shit people or anything. I mean, some of them were, they were actual shit people. They were actual demons. But for the most part, no, they just had to go because then space needed to be created within my soul, within my mind um, and within my physical, um, you know, parameters for me to be able to kind of evolve in the way that I so badly want to. So basically what I'm saying is like, as the cards have said, your strength is there. You've got to believe in it and fuck whoever has to leave for you to do what you need to do. Fuck them, yeah? Do you? Because you will never lack. You will never lack. And you know, give us never lack. Hey, uh-uh, looking like a snack. Ooh, sorry. Detour. Um, yeah, big up, Miss Banks. Anyway, um, yeah, so you'll never lack. You'll never lack. And it's positive news because the third card that came out is the Ten of Cups. And the Ten of Cups just speaks to the um, to the fact that you're so close to the life that you've imagined, whether it's um, a family, because the cups is about emotion. So we've had um, the strength card, uh, the strength card, major arcana, and then we've had the five of coins, which is looking at, um, I guess, more career. But I would say in this case, it's more so just just getting you to think about that idea of poverty. And sometimes these cards come out specifically to kind of ping things in my consciousness. So just getting you to think about the idea of lack and the idea of like emotional poverty or even financial poverty might be like, oh my God, if I um, show who I am or if, um, you know, if if these people leave, I'm going to have less money. Fine. But you're going to have an abundance of happiness. You're going to have an abundance of happiness, even if your life has to go through some kind of upheaval, because it usually does. You usually have to like rip everything out, gut everything out for there to be space for something new. So even if you do have to go through that, understand that at the end of all of this, like the the blessings that you've wanted in in your heart of hearts, the the vision that you've seen for your life, whether it's family, career, um, just or just personal, like the vision that you've seen for your life is so, so close. It's so close, but certain things need to be done in order for that space to be created. And and you've got to believe in your strength the whole way through, no matter what is happening. So from the Say Your Mind um, affirmation card deck, I've got, I am a magnet attracting love in its purest form. It says here, love is always available to us. It is sometimes available in a form that we are not accustomed to seeing it. Trust that you are love and therefore you attract love. Look for love's presence everywhere you are. And I think that that's also important um, for when things might feel a bit rough because you're using your strength, because you're tapping into your own strength, that you might start to see love slightly differently than you've seen it before. And I think that sometimes people mistake what love is. I mean, you know, I was going to talk about Toni Morrison in um, Shea Your Magnificence, RIP um, Toni Morrison. But, you know, she says like, love is or it ain't, you know, love is or it ain't. 
Yeah, and love is only as um can never be. What's she? I think she puts it like love can never be greater than the lover, right? So if you're waiting, for instance, for someone. You're not tapping into your own strength, but you're waiting for maybe you're a partner of yours or a friend of yours or even a job situation to, to become better. That is unlikely because people rarely change, right? And so what you have of them now is that and and the um the amount of love that they're able to give you now will never be greater than who they are. If they are just a fuck person or a fuck job by nature, then or you know, by nurture even. Then the love that they give you will only be at a certain level. They can't love you greater than who they are, right? So it's about considering that love, looking at the love or things that you perceive as love and and understanding is that truly what it is? And if it is, is that enough? And if it's not, then be open to being a magnet to receiving love and abundance in various forms. So that is that. Then, ooh. Then the last card from the Marcella Kroll deck was Stormy. Stormy number 21 and 2 plus 1, 3, which is usually about change, you know, and, you know, like dynamic change as well. It says here, Stormy, drama straight ahead. Prepare and brace yourself. Conditions are not favorable at this time. Wait for the storm out before proceeding. Um, Please don't worry either. The weather can change very quickly. Meditate on this when you want to call on your sea legs to keep you safe and secure through a hardship or stressful period of time. If you are inquiring about a relationship, please be warned that this situation will bring lots of upheaval to your path. Proceed with caution. And I wouldn't let that get you like worried or whatever. It's just literally, as I've said, like during this time um, or this break that I'm having, that seemed like the most important message to um, to some of you. Like autumn is coming as well. And autumn, I find it's it's a very beautiful time because we see the leaves changing color and, you know, they fall away from the tree. So all around us, there's always like um, a cycle of dying and rebirth. It's always there. And I feel like we as um, human beings, we also go through this cycle even before, you know, um, the, the, you know, the main death, you know, that we, we have seasons as ourselves and you're about to maybe go into a season that um, things need to fall away and that might scare you. But just remember, as sure as those leaves will sprout again on the trees so will your happiness and it will be abundant and and it will be beautiful. So don't fret. Yeah. Don't fret. Everything's fine. Just sit with the process, man. Sit with the process. So anyway, that was a very long as fuck um, tarot read, but I just wanted to make sure that I got everything off my chest in that one. So then let's move on. Oh, so announcement. Announcement. Um, For those who haven't seen, I am in a book. I'm in a book. <laughs> oh God. I'm in a book um, by Scarlett Curtis, baby girl. I'm in a book by Carlos Scarlett Curtis. She is um, the um, person who put together Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies, which was um, an, an anthology where she got amazing writers to talk about their views on feminism. And this next one that's coming out, well, it's coming out October 3rd, is called um, It's Not Okay to Feel Blue and Other Lies. And it's about mental health. Uh, and um, she got 75 people together, um, or she got 75 people to write essays on what mental health means to them. And I'm one of those people. Slaying Your Lane, you know, um, Yomi and Elizabeth, they're also in it. Kuchenga's also in it. Um 
So many people are in it. Naomi Campbell is in. Oh my god! I'm in the same book as Naomi Campbell. I'm so. I don't think you understand. That excites my soul so much. Like, if you know how much I love her, Naomi Campbell, please unblock me on Twitter. Um, yeah, but I, I just love her so much. I I love her immensely. So yeah, this. Um, amazing book will be out So you can already order Pre-order it I'll put the link in the captions um, When this um, episode goes out um, So you can pre-order the book But my ep- uh, my uh, my episode My essay Is about something that I haven't really spoken about When it comes to um, My mental health And the things I went through Especially at uni And I just thought that that would be This essay would be the best place To kind of Get into that conversation and um, and I think that I've reached a stage in my life where I have enough kind of knowledge now to be able to articulate and talk about something very, very painful in a way that I think um, will resonate with um, a lot of people. Uh, and I'm very, very proud of that essay. I'm incredibly proud of it. Uh, it's called Saying My Mind. And yeah, you can read it on October the 3rd if you order the book two days before my birthday. I'm going to be 33. I'm going to be 33. Wow, 333 keeps coming up for me so much But I feel like this is my year of birthing Whether it's in the physical sense Or, you know, the emotional, intellectual sense Just birthing And a year of change And a year of um, lessons in abundance Like I'm, I'm super grateful God bless and keep me till that day and after But, you know I'm super, super grateful. Like, man's going to be 33 years old out here, fam. Can't wait. Um, so, yeah, comes out 3rd of October. And, yeah, I, 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 I guess, you know, this means that you should look out for more writing from me. I, I, I think that that should be the natural progression of all of this, right? Right. But let's see. Let's see. But, yeah, this essay... Um, this um, anthology is is amazing 75 different people I think James Blake is in there Lena Dunham is in there um, And just yeah Quite a lot of, Amelia Clark is she, That was in Game of Thrones um, Mother of the Dragons If I'm right She's in there um, And what's great about this book Is that all of the royalties Are going to Shout Which is um, an organisation that, that focuses on Crisis, like it's a 24 hour crisis text line that they've got as charity. So, all of the um, royalties are going to that as well. So, mental health matters, and we can't just keep like dancing around it. And I feel like there's a major pandemic awaiting the UK when it comes to mental health because we're not dealing with it in a way that we should in terms of people even having access to certain services, um, especially if they're from marginalized communities. So, yeah, I'm really. Excited that Wow I'm going to be Published essayist Who can chat to me now None of your bitches So yeah Can't wait Anyway So that I, yeah I had to make sure That I said that And yeah Let's move on to Share Your Magnificence So obviously like I said Share Your Magnificence Goes out to The ultimate baby girl R.I.P. My G Tony Morrison Died at 88 years old Wow 88 Oh In my feels Tony Morrison there's, I just feel like Toni Morrison is so influential that when you try to put words together to to commemorate or to 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 to, to describe her, 
every word falls short of being sufficient. Like beloved Sula, the bluest eye. Like I read these books and they shifted something in me. I feel like they changed me. They, it, wow. And when we, when we just put aside her writing, not just her writing, but her work as an editor, um, her influence in the publishing industry in order to get other black, um, primarily like women publishers and um, women writers published as well, really being supportive to other black writers. Um, it just means that she doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. She says the very purpose of your freedom is to free somebody else. And that's literally what she did. And I look at that and I look at the podcast and, you know, Toni Morrison, big things, big things. But I look at the podcast and I think that I've managed to go on this journey and continue on this journey of emancipating myself from so many societal um, constraints, right? And restraints. And I've, I've done that and I, I need to share it on the podcast. If at all, it will be of use to somebody else who's emancipating themselves from this kind of society that claims to be benevolent while it's like sucking you dry. So I feel that that that's what we need to remember. And I think that that's lost on a lot of, I guess, celebrities and certain people in this day and age where they feel like the whole purpose of their freedom, whether it be financial or whatever, is to just ball out and show everybody else like, haha, I have a Maybach, you don't, you dumb bitch, buy my next album. Them kind of things that I've always found that rather odd. But yeah, they just see it as an individualistic thing. Whereas Toni Morrison is showing us that no, once you have that, once you have that sort of power, it's up to you to go and make sure that other people um, find their own power and find their own way out and assist them in that. And I just truly, truly appreciate her. Um, there's a quote that I really, really like. I think it's from The Bluest Eye. I really like that book. Um, so timely. So like just, it still resonates even today when we talk about The Bluest Eye and colorism and all of them things there. I think that there's so much that could be said. Anyway, she says, along with the idea of romantic love, she was introduced to another physical beauty, probably the most destructive ideas in the history of human thought. Both originated in envy, thrived in insecurity and ended in disillusion. And I love it. I love it so much because I think that it does sum up romance as we know it in a capitalist sense. And this idea of um, romance physical beauty, capitalism are inextricably linked. Um, the fact that we're sold that it's only pretty people or beautiful people, as it were, by society's standards, are the ones deserving of love. Um, it's problematic in itself. And then when we consider the ideologies, even around beauty um, and how it's very Eurocentric and very focused on whiteness. And then we look at capitalism, um, capitalism's main um, um, column or pillar that holds it up being racism. It just makes you think about how all of these things wind together. And so when we start having conversations about, um, for instance, black women or even dark skinned black women specifically, and we're talking about romance, we're talking about love and how it's depicted in mainstream media, or for instance, that or that, that, that these dark skinned black women in some ways aren't deserving of love or they're not they're not shown um, to be loved out loud. Everything comes back 
to each other And yet people seem to think that they're separate So when you man are watching Love Island Because I don't watch it with you um, And you're surprised and you're frustrated By the way, for instance, Yewande was treated um, on the show How can you be when you understand the destructive nature of romance, of physical beauty And um, what it serves within the capitalist structure And what that means um, with capitalism and racism being bedfellows Like they, they are one, they are one in and of each other So that's just generally what I consider When I think of um, these things And Toni Morrison I'm indebted to Toni Morrison for, for, for opening me up To being able to see things in that way And, you know, that's why I enjoy Talking about things like that on this podcast Because there's so many aspects To looking at popular culture That are missed Because um, everyone's focusing on the minutiae Rather than looking at the larger um Picture and how everything actually is tied in together, and it's funny that she says, you know, um, it thrives on envy and it's and it's and it's so deeply embedded in insecurities, but it ends in disillusion, and that's ultimately what it is. Like Instagram and Instagram baddies, I, I appreciate you all, keep doing what you're doing, but wouldn't thrive as much as they did if people weren't rushing to the page to, um, pages every day to be like, oh, let me make myself feel inferior. Um, Looking at how these people look daily um, Not understanding that everything has been um, manicured And presented in a specific way For you to, to, to see it in a specific way And it's understanding that none of it is real Like none of this is real All of it is banter All of it is banter And everybody out here A lot of people out here rather I should say Are insecure as fuck And everyone's just performing That's literally it Everyone's performing And I invite us to stop performing And to stop feeding the monster That is this kind of um, machine um, That thrives on Oh, look how my life is so much better than yours Because I've got this waist to hip ratio Or I've got this lightness in my skin Or I've got this length of hair Or this hair texture Let everything go sit on somewhere Because it's not for us So yeah Big up Toni Morrison Like I'm not sad that she's passed away I'm not sad that she's passed away Because I feel like In certain respects Like Death is freedom And she's given so much As a black woman She is given so much To us As a world That My G Shed your physical body And go and celebrate with the ancestors Like you have done your motherfucking work And and we are so proud of you And we are so thankful And and this is your time to celebrate And we appreciate you so, so much And hopefully the rest of us Will continue doing the work that we need to do So then when we pass um, Or transition this physical realm People can celebrate us too And see the impact that we've had on the world So I just, yeah, I really, really appreciate her for that And ultimately because, you know Apart from being um, the Nobel um, laureate Is that how you say it? Yeah, Um, because I saw her at the Nobel um, Museum Nobel Peace Prize Museum when I went there Or Nobel, whatever they call that thing in Sweden I went and I saw her there Anyway, I appreciate that she said Um if there's a book that you want to read that you haven't that hasn't been written yet, then you have to write it, and and that's really my theme. That there's something that I want to read. There's something that Kalechi, me as this baby girl, there's something that I want to read that 
doesn't exist yet. Um, and it doesn't because like some people have come close as African-American feminist writers even, or just African-American um, female writers, they've come close. Um, but it's not the black British experience, or it's not my Nigerian British experience, right? Or um, other black British authors have come close, but it's still not my experience or my or the way that I would have said it. So that means that I, at some point, I need to sit down and and write what it is that I want to read, and hopefully other people want to read it too. But that's for another day. That's for another discussion. It's just these are the things I think about and how she inspires me. And I've basically got a fridge magnet that has that quote on it. And so every time I go to the fridge to go and enjoy some super malt, not just super malt, my God, no, I just my heart, my God, no. Um, whenever I go to the fridge, I always see it, and it's just a daily reminder a daily reminder that I've got work to do and I, and I plan on doing it. So thank you, Tony Morrison. We appreciate you greatly. Live your best life um, now that you've shed this physical body. Um, I've got a letter, I think. Let me just move to the letter. Um, the letter is from, I'm going to call her Donut. Her name is Donut. Um, she says, not going to write you an essay because you need to rest for your tenant's eviction and you don't need my emotional baggage, but key points. One, I recently finished all the SYM episodes and I'm finally up to date. You're an inspiration to us all. Two, as a mixed race female police officer, I present um, as a walking, talking problem, but my God, is it, my God, is it fun shaking up the white patriarchal mess that is the Met on a daily. Three, Every single day I talk loudly and unapologetically about race, identity and police brutality and happily tell other officers to suck their mums while protecting black lives at any cost. Four, you gave me that confidence and the tools and I can't thank you enough for sharing your knowledge and wisdom. Five, there are a hundred mountains to climb in restructuring police practice, but there's a change building internally and I'm so happy police now recognize the importance of your voice and who you represent. Six, you're an incredibly beautiful black woman and I'm so proud of you. You're going to be an incredible mummy. Um, you're going to be an incredible mummy and anti-police police officer. Big up yourself, Donut. Like, thank you for that email. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you very much. Um, I'm really, really glad that I got to go to um, police now and speak with the trainee police officers and, and do my presentation with them um, about um, equality and diversity, or as I just like to call it, racism. So, um, so I'm really, really glad Sally in HR was at the helm of that. You know, I used her skits to kind of talk about various aspects of the issues that I think um, there are within the police force or from from what I can see as, you know, um, a black woman living in communities where disproportionately um, black men and boys are, are targeted. So it, it, I've, I've been told that it struck up a lot of conversation and and I'm glad for that. Because like I keep saying, it's not about talking the talk, it's about walking the walk. So thank you um, to the person that reached out to even get me to come out, um, come on to um, and, you know, come over and do this workshop. It means a, a hell of a lot to me, especially because I, as, knowing that you're going to give birth to a son, having brothers and seeing how they've had to navigate this world, I just want better for them. And I think that they deserve to to not be harassed by um um, police people who don't have the knowledge that they should have or don't interrogate themselves enough um, to address their their biases and and their deeply root, rooted kind of prejudices against um, black and brown people. So thank you, Donut. Thank you for your um, message. 
So, well, that was all lovely. That was all lovely. Now let's get into the absolute shit pile that is So You Mad. Well, not shit pile because there's a lovely message in there as well that I'm going to read shortly. But I saw a couple of tweets that I'm going to touch on that I thought were really, really interesting. So the first one was a few days ago. Well, it would have been over over a week ago now. So yeah, over a week ago. and. This woman, black woman, she wrote, a white woman had the audacity to clutch her purse as me and my mama were walking by today at brunch. I paid her entire and her entire tab for shits and giggles. Lol, y'all gotta stop playing with me. I just thought that was interesting. The way the the ways in which we are so concerned about the white gaze, um. Not the white gaze, as in the homosexuals. No, like the white gaze, as in as in staring, as in looking ahead. Um, we're just so concerned about it. So, um, you're at a diner or a restaurant or whatever. You've walked in with your mum. A white woman has seen you both and decides to grab her bag close to her. And the way that you think that you're going to tackle that is by paying her tab. Um. But can you not see how racism and whiteness is still at work in that? You you went out of your way to spend your money. You're now, you've now, your financial um, robustness, it has now decreased somewhat, all in the name of proving what point exactly? Because what? So then the waiter or the waitress walks up to them and she goes, oh, don't worry, ma'am. Your bill's already been paid. And she's like, who paid my bill? Who paid my bill? And she goes, that lady over there, that lady with the big bushy hair, she paid your bill. Oh, that nigger? The nigger? The nigger paid my bill? Oh, nigger. She probably stole the money or she got it from her husband who's a drug dealer. They don't even have husbands, do they? They just have baby daddies. So I... I'm just saying in it, like, what have you achieved by doing that? And it's the way that we kind of um, rationalize with ourselves or, or delude ourselves into believing sometimes as black people that we're doing big things by being the bigger person in certain situations. I have no desire to be any motherfucking bigger person. Yeah, I don't want to be any bigger person. And I've said this on the podcast before. You go low, I will go motherfucking lower. That is it. I'll become a mole up in this bitch, yeah? That is what I'll become. I'll become an earthworm up in this motherfucker. Like, I will go all the way down to the ground, yeah? Talking about Flow Rider. She had them apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. Pass the apple bottom jeans and pass the fucking boots with the fur because I'm about to go low, 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 low. Yes, up in this rascal, yeah? That's what I'm about to do. I don't believe in, oh, yeah, Let's be the bigger person. Let's be the bigger person. Why? Because the whole time you're spending being, being the bigger person, you're still being killed, you know? You're still being oppressed, you know? You're still not getting the jobs that you want to get because of your hair texture. You're still being fired because people deem you as aggressive when all you said was pass me the salt. Like, nothing is going to change by trying to appease whiteness or thinking that you're doing it in a particular way that will teach them a lesson. No, sometimes it just has to be straight. Forward, you're a dickhead. If you clutch your bag, I'm gonna clutch my bag too. And then now we're both clutching our bags, and now you're looking confused because you're like, Well, why is she clutching her bag? I'm of no threat to her. Yeah, and I'm of no threat to you, bitch. So now what? 
So yeah, I just found that tweet really interesting, and I thought that it definitely belonged in the "So You Mad" section because you are mad. You're you're chopping madness. You know, you're chopping madness. That money that you spent paying her entire tab could have bought you and your mum mimosas and all of them things there, but you're spending it paying her bill. That's not going to change her mind. That's not going to change her mind. All she, in fact, is reinforcing to her that when she shows fear, black people should go out of their way to make her feel comfortable. And I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that for anyone. So I think that, yes, we all have our own tools and and ways of um, navigating and dealing with racism. But parting with money, that ain't one of them for me. I can tell you that for now. That's not one of them for me. I'm not doing that. Parting with my peace, that's not another one. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It's not happening. Nope. Nope. It's, it is what it is. And so I just I just thought that that one was very, very interesting. Funny that both of the tweets um, are in that vein. So then someone tweeted earlier on, again, well, last week, they tweeted, don't quote me. But I'm pretty sure our generation would have fought back during slavery. And it's the same Kanye type um, reasoning that you, a lot of you seem to have, where you seem to believe that the older generation was somehow docile and like pushovers and fucking doormats. And I just need you to understand something. All of the benefits that we have in this day and age, the fact that you right now, wherever you are listening to this podcast, the fact that you're being able to do what you're doing right now in this moment, whatever you're doing right now at this moment, you're only able to do that because the um, ancestors did fight back. That generation did fight back. And there are different modes to resistance. There are many different modes to resistance. And I talked about this with Leona in the last episode. Like there are many modes to resistance and existence is part of resistance as well. When we look at Toni Morrison's, um, Toni Morrison's book, Beloved, we, we see that she kills her daughter. You know, she, 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 she kills her daughter um, near the beginning of the book or the very beginning of the book. And I feel like that was also a form of resistance. And that was also a form of love. And people might, it would have seemed very violent for white people, I guess, to maybe read that in her book and to be like, no, my God, look at this savage. Like she killed her daughter, but she killed her daughter weighing up the fact that if this girl lives, what is the future for her to become a slave, to become a slave and to be get, to get raped by slave masters or this person or that person to live a life where she's tortured. No, she didn't want that for her child. So she killed her child. And, 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 that that is that is an interesting concept to me because my mind just went there and I thought about God gave his only begotten son to die for our sins um as its phrase and that was an ultimate act of love right and so just seeing the parallels between those two stories um and how love can be shown through sacrifice um even if it's the sacrificing of Something one's child, not that I would ever, you know, recommend it. What I'm saying is that in, when when we're looking at in terms of literature and and what that means in the larger sense, that's why she did it. She did she, that was a form of resistance. The amount of rebellions that took place. Do you think that slavery ended, yeah, because white people just one day woke up and went, oh God, dang it! It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. And it's time to get rid of slavery. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. It's true. It's true, Caroline. I don't want to be a slave owner anymore. I know that you enjoy ordering Joshua and Mary around, but it's time we let them go. We can pick the cotton ourselves. It's time to let them go. That's not how it happened. Because of the amount of revolts and rebellions, they had no choice. Like slavery wasn't banging. Like slave ownership wasn't banging the way that it was in the beginning. It wasn't banging anymore. They weren't making the money that they were trying to make anymore. And also an infrastructure had already been created in terms of the banking system. And all of these things had already been created. So they had other modes for, for a robust economy. And these uppity niggers, as they would call it, they didn't have to be an intrinsic part of that anymore. So when the abolitionists came through, yes, there was a civil war. Yes, there was all of that. But actually, in actual fact, it wasn't benefiting them anymore anyway. But they like to tell you, spin the story like, oh, we just had a change of heart. No, you motherfuckers never had a change of heart. It just became economically very, very hard for you to continue the way that you were continuing. And so my point, therefore, is that the, the, your, your ancestors or the, um, these, these generations fought back in many ways that you will never understand. And this was an entire system, a lawful, a legal system. And that's also why I say sometimes that just because something is law does not mean that it makes it right. So there was an entire system where it was illegal for them to have autonomy over their own bodies. Like, do you not understand that? So you man will come online and talk about, well, I feel like our generation would have fought back. Your generation <laughs> has been numbed by clicking like on everything with a blue filtered screen. Like that's all you know, click like, click like that. And I'm not just talking about just in the outward sense. I know that I'm complicit in that too. So it would be audacious of me to turn around and be like, yeah, well, I know I would have fought back. Bitch, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what I would have done. I can tell you that for now. So I respect what was done for me to be able to do all of the things that I'm doing now. And everything is linked, like I just said. So the um, enslavement of um, th- of the people that were taken to the Americas, that were taken to the Caribbean, all of that still feeds into the, the, the world and the life that I now know. So I have to be grateful for the things that they did. Why do you think that America and France hate, like they hate Haiti so much? They hate that. Well, they hate the country. They hate the Haitians because... They did not have a bar of it. The rebellions were violent. They were brutal and they needed to be. And even in India, there was bloodshed like no other. I need to remember the exact date and when it happened, but they dealt with their motherfucking British soldiers. They weren't having a bar of it. They showed them what time it was. And so everywhere, whether it was colonization, whether it was the slave trade, people just were not having a bar of it anymore. And so therefore it wasn't feasible for this to continue. So before you open your stupid crusty throat and 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 open that asshole that you do not wash regularly to talk about what well, our generation i believe our generation would have fought back are you fighting back against your manager at work now you're going on monday greg will mispronounce your name you'll stay pim you won't say anything you'll stay pim there you you you, you won't he'll call you whale 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 you're right, mate. Whale, could I just see you for five minutes, mate? Just just five minutes. Do you tell him that your name is Wally? You don't correct him, but you'll be staying there being called Whale. Are you free willy, you dickhead? But you won't correct him, but you'll stay there. But you are the same person that would have fought back against slavery. Don't make me laugh. Don't make me cry, please. Don't. So I just thought 
it was important to address that, especially with how, for instance, Toni Morrison has documented the lives and, and created um, these, um, these rich uh, characters for us to understand uh, the, 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 the history of Black America through. I think it's just disrespectful knowing that she's a woman like her and many authors like her have put in that work to do that, that you'll come with your non-reading self to come and talk about, oh, well, in our generation, we would have fought back. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You're obsessed with um, um, big booty, uh, um, big booty women and doing all of this and light-skinned women. You would not have done damn things. Shut up. Shut up right now. Um, So that was it for So You Mad. Now... I've got a letter for So You Mad that I'm just going to read through. And I'm going to name this person um, Amethyst. I'm going to call this person Amethyst. So Amethyst writes, is dating while pregnant a thing? Dear Kelechi, the ultimate baby girl extraordinaire. Thank you. I hope this email finds you well. I sincerely hope your tenant's eviction was as peaceful, serene and beautiful as you and your partner had hoped and planned for and that it was an overall positive experience. If you haven't delivered yet, then I pray you have a safe and successful delivery at the perfect time. Amen. Thank you. I hope also you're rejuvenating yourself in every way possible and enjoying every moment as a new mother to your son. Amen. As a fellow Londoner, Peckham-bred Yoruba woman in her mid-30s, I just know you are the realist and perfect person to respond to this question I'm about to pose. I'm a devout listener of your podcast and thank God for creating you with all your superhero talent. Thank you. Courage and dazzling beauty. Oh, wow. Thanks. I feel like I look a bit like a... I'll keep that for another day, but thank you. Um, On your podcast, I love when you say, don't ask me no silly questions because that means you haven't listened to me um, to my previous podcast. So of course I went ahead and downloaded every single podcast since your launch back in 2018. This brings me to the question I'm writing to you because I'm a recently separated wife, a mother of one who decided to flee a domestically violent, loveless six year marriage. And I'm currently six months pregnant, but hardly showing for my soon to be ex-husband. Having prayed and meditated and reflected on my decision to leave, I couldn't be more relieved and at peace with my choice. And I'm now even considering getting back into the dating thing after six months of being separated. Mind you, I've felt alone and single for the last two years. Something tells me that I'm being foolish for even considering the thought of dating and that I'm a waste girl who has her priorities all mixed up. It would be absolutely incredible if you could assist assist with some advice. I'm not sure if what I'm experiencing is cognitive dissonance or just plain old selfishness. Any feedback would be super helpful. Huge thanks, Amethyst. Thank you, Amethyst, for that. And I'm praying for you to have a beautiful pregnancy and, um, you know, birthing process and everything. And all will be well in the name of all that is holy. I pray for that for you. Now to get into the question, you've been with this um, person, you were with this person for a while, you were with your husband for a while, I think I I read there. Um, So yeah, you've been with um, this person for a while and there was um, domestic violence. Yeah, so you were in a six-year marriage and um, there was domestic violence there and there was so much happening there. Um, And 
I'm so sorry that you had to ex- that, that you experienced such a thing and and I'm praying for you that the healing comes um and your strength continues to grow and the love that you deserve continues to find you I think that well for me with the whole pregnancy thing you're hardly showing as you said because you're 6 months but there will come a point where you are showing and there are hormones there are all these things happening to our bodies during pregnancy um moods and things you know things of that nature all of these things happening and the dating world is an absolute mess sometimes it's an absolute mess and i think that in this particular time of your life mentally and physically you're rather vulnerable and so I don't know if I would advise dating at this specific time only because generally speaking there's a lot of trash out there and there are people who might take advantage of um the situation that's whether you choose to that's up to you if you want to tell them or anything like that because I guess that's another option like you could go on these dates just for the sake of going on these dates just to you know to to be a baby girl and to have a social life of sorts and not mention it but then you can only do that for so long before you start to show and then you know these dates they'll start considering so what does that mean for me entering into a relationship with you when you are pregnant and you know Men, the way that they've been socialized sometimes in our society are such territorial beings as far as they're concerned with that whole thing happening with your pregnancy. You are somebody else's property, as it were, which is bullshit. But, you know, I'm just thinking about the process of how certain men and how their minds work. My main advice, actually, because what came to me when I was reading your message is that please consider if you haven't already, I don't want to assume, but please consider therapy if you haven't already. I'd say therapy is a good place to start because there's so much that you need to unpack from all those years with this useless man. And, you know, this, the, the, the cards that came out today are so perfect for you. The strength card and, you know, you left and you believed in your own strength and that's great that you did that. And I think part of you having left that is now wanting something else to replace it. But you know, like how cigarette smokers, they smoke for ages and then when they give up, they have to chew gum or they always want something in their mouth. Sometimes I think that that's what it's like with relationships as well. Like you've been used to being in a relationship, whether it was um, you, it was problematic and um, all these other things. And I know that you mentioned that you have felt single or um, like not love for the past two years in that relationship, but still being definitely, definitely out of it does something to your consciousness. And Naturally, out of habit, you want to replace that with something else. But maybe it's about taking the space to explore who you are, because in the past six years, you have changed so much. And and since leaving, since saying that this guy is not worth it, your husband, your ex-husband, soon to be ex-husband is not worth it. There's another aspect of yourself that you've discovered. And what about cherishing that moment, cherishing that space for your baby that's coming, um, cherishing that space and for you and the baby rather than letting another man or letting somebody else come in at this moment in time for and bring their own hickey haga energy because i just wonder if you know the nonsense that we see in the dating scene generally and we have to deal with and navigate what would happen if one of those nonsenses came up how would it feel to your ego and 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 to your mental health dealing with that during pregnancy knowing what hormones are like so my whole thing is like, you need space, you need therapy to have the space 
to figure out all of these things and to feel all of these things and get that out of your system. So then that way you're, when you're moving in and transitioning into a new relationship later on, those things, those, those red flags that maybe you should have seen that, that didn't come up or maybe ways that you navigated the relationship with your soon to be ex-husband, you'll be able to avoid those things in the future because just because we've left something and consciously know that it was wrong for us, does not mean that we subconsciously know or have accepted, um, what we need to do in order for that thing to change. Otherwise, we'll just perpetuate the same pattern in another relationship. So I hope that helps, but I just try to keep it succinct. Go through the process. I think more surround yourself with with friends and and people during this time. There's no nothing wrong with maybe having a flirt online or whatever, whatever. But I think there should be definite distance and definite space for you to process everything that you've gone through because sis, you've gone through so much. You've gone through so, so much and you need time to feel all of those things. And I just wonder if um, going dating will be a distraction from you feeling those things. And you have to consider that this new life that's coming to the world through you needs you to be your best self. It needs you to be your whole self. And that can only happen if you create a support network that will lessen the chances of you ending up in a similar dynamic that you had with your ex-husband that you or lessen the chances of that happening again. That would be my advice. And if you want to, you know, email me and, um, you know, elaborate or want to bounce off what I've just said, feel free to, to drop me um, an email. But I hope that helps. So that's that. Now the final segment, um, suck your mum, aka straw of the week. I'll keep it nice and brief. Um, my straw of the week goes out to Stacy Dooley. Stacy Dooley because she never seems to learn. And you know I've mentioned Stacy Dooley before, um, because we talked about her when she went to, pardon me, she went to Africa during Comic Relief, and she was holding a black baby, and she ha- and put the picture on Instagram. And um, put hashtag obsessed or whatever She put obsessed as her caption Um, Stacey refused to take that picture down She refused to take the picture down Because she didn't see it as poverty porn She argued back and forth with David Lammy Saying oh is it because I'm white Is it because I'm white And I know that recently she won Strictly Come Dancing Or something like that Um, So in the, again, trying to help her image and bring her into our homes and make her this acceptable um, face and this 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 family name. I'm not buying it. Stacey Foley can sit the fuck down. She's a problematic, problematic person. And time and time again, she shows us that she's not equipped for this role that the BBC keep wanting to force her to be in and force it down our throats. She's not equipped. But what pisses me off is that there was a panorama episode that she was involved with um, that says, I think it was called something like Stacey Dooley meets um, the ISIS brides or the IS brides. So she goes to Syria um, to this kind of camp and she meets the ISIS refugee. um, You know, she meets the ISIS, uh, these ISIS, this women who are married to ISIS, whatever people... Um, I'm just going to read what I've got here. So it says here, um, well, before I even get into that, so the issue was while this um, documentary was being recorded, they put out um, an advert for it to announce that it was coming out. And in it, she there's a snippet of Stacey saying something like, the women do a, um, a motion with their hands or their fingers. And Stacey claims that it's a sort of like secret salute or whatever. That's an ISIS salute when actually it's just a part of Muslim prayer. And luckily people were watching the the promo video, the advert, and they pointed it out and they were like, that's actually incorrect. That's that's inaccurate. And um, 
then before the episode would come out on BBC, the producers had to go back and fix and the editors had to go back and fix it and and correct that bit. Why are you going out? You caught news reporter of the year. I don't even know what news homegirls report in first and foremost, but why are you going to places that you don't understand? They like they send Stacey Dooley out because she's meant to be this every woman. She's meant to be that this working class. Oh, I used to work in retail and I wear my hope earrings and I don't know what's going on, but I want to learn because I've got a big R and I care about the rest of the world. And they send her to these places to go and do these hard-hitting documentaries. I don't know who they're hitting hard because they ain't hitting me. They're soft as fuck. So they send her out to go and do these hard-hitting documentaries and she doesn't have a clue what's going on. She asks inappropriate questions. She's very, very useless. And actually what she's doing is just being a, a, a device to spe- spread misinformation. Like... The audience that she that the BBC so badly want her to appeal to, she's just as as ignorant as that audience. It would be better if like she looked like them, but actually she had a bit more sense than them. But both of the, all of them are stupid together. So the one that's presenting is stupid, and the people who are watching are stupid. So stupid times two, stupid squared. That's that's all we've got. And it bothers me because when people see things like this, they take it as as fact. They take it as truth. And, and that's the whole problem with it. So anyway, she issued some kind of shitty apology. But it says here, um, uh, the BBC has issued an apology after Stacey Dooley referred to a Muslim prayer gesture as an ISIS salute. The documentary presenter made the blunder in the Panorama episode, Meet the IS Brides, which was broadcast on the 5th of August. In a program, Dooley, who is the Strictly Come Dancing champion, visited camps in northern Syria and spoke to women who had left their own countries to join ISIS. The offending scene which showed Dooley using the term ISIS salute to describe women raising their fingers in the air was cut from the program after being used in the documentary. A clip on Sunday's BBC News at 10 has also been taken off iPlayer. Some ISIS militants have attempted to co-opt the, uh, the gesture by posing with one finger raised in propaganda images. However, the raised index finger is a symbol of tawhid, um, tawhid the meaning, uh, meaning the unity and uniqueness of God as creator and sustainer of the universe. The gesture is a common part of Islamic prayer and has been used by a number of Muslim football prayer, uh, players during goal celebrations. Um, a social media watchdog um, for anti-Muslim incidents um, condemned the moment and tweeted, to reduce such a fundamental and important concept to a mere ISIS salute is grossly wrong, ignorant, and damaging. Um, and yeah, there you have it. <laughs> Stacy Stacey Dooley making another blunder. Wow, I'm so shocked. The way that BBC came with Vim, the BBC press team came with such a Vim on Twitter talking about, wow, she makes hard-hitting documentaries and she's not the only one to blame. She's not the only um, the, the one to blame in this. And, you know, there was a whole team of people. Fam, okay, then we're blaming the whole team. Yeah, we're blaming the whole team. Everyone fucked up. And this is the problem when you man want to do equality and diversity and all of these bullshit um, schemes, but you don't want to actually listen to the people that you have um, hired, if you hire them at all. It strikes me that this was an all-white team that went out to go and do this documentary because I do not... If you've just taken one Muslim person with you, one single Muslim person with you that you would have listened to, I promise you, you would have been able to avoid this. But you didn't. And so here you are making fuck-ups all around the place and people are pointing it out to you and you're like, oh, well, don't blame Stacey because... I'll blame Stacey because it says Stacey Dooley meets the IS bride. Her name was part of it. She is the presenter. She is the face of the... Of, she's the face of the documentary And 
If you consider yourself to be a, do- um, a documentary maker, you consider yourself to be a reporter, whatever the fuck you consider yourself to be, it is your due diligence to check that the facts and the things that you're saying are actually f- factual. Or check that the things that you're saying are actually accurate. She didn't check. It's an IS salute. What do you mean it's an ISIS salute? What are you talking about? What are you talking about, you fucking dickhead? And it, it just bothers me because... It's not just about proximity Because I was going to say I've got so many Muslim friends And family in that But it's just in a general sense I'm so tired of Islamophobia I'm so tired of people Taking a fucking piss When it comes to um, Religions and things And cultures That they do not understand And this is a part of it You start vilifying the, the, The integral parts Of people's religions And then That thing will be What people Um Link to it Instead of what it actually means They'll link what you've just said To it And that's how they'll see it Like it's an ISIS salute So Stacey Stop making documentaries Take a straw And go suck out your mother Whether your mother I don't know who your mother is Whether it's that television network Or whoever the fuck go, Just fuck off Because every Like From the comic relief thing From the whole That whole thing I already knew that you were a dickhead But you're You're, you're going further and further To con- Like to just keep it concrete That you're mad So you Need to go and suck your mother I don't care if you want Strictly come um, dancing Go and do Strictly come sucking Yeah Strictly come suck your mother That's what you need to go and do Because this cannot continue to stand You can't keep making Such shitty Documentaries That are very very Wild hot takes On other people's Cultures and religions Because you don't understand What's happening You're no Louis Theroux You're, you're just You're just no one out here And I just don't understand Why the BBC didn't take Somebody Who's well versed on this subject But you wouldn't take them again Because you need this white working class face As it were To be the one who presents it But if you're going to have her present it At least have a robust team behind her That makes sure that the information That she's putting out there is accurate But she won't want to listen Because obviously she was egotistical enough To say she's not taking a picture down Of the little African baby So of course she's not going to listen When people are come along Who are like look I actually know more about this than you So let me help you know Because you want to be wrong and strong That's what Stacey Dooley is She's Miss Wrong and Strong That is You're telling me about She's Strictly Come Dancing champion She's Wrong and Strong champion That's who she is And things like this Need to stop And people need to be More responsible Television networks And all of them man Need to be way more responsible About the things that they put out Because you're actually Putting people's lives in danger That is what you're doing And I'm not here for it So Stacey Suck your mum Strictly Come Suck your mum That's what you've been asked To do today Anyway That is the end of this episode Oh, that was a lot. Anyway, in my time off, I don't know how long that will be. Send me your letters to sym at kalechiokafor.com. Sym at kalechiokafor.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, all of them things there. I appreciate you. Um, and I, I'll see you, I guess, when the eviction has happened and our baby boy is here. So I guess all that there's left to say is I have been Kalechi Okafor. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right. Suck your mum. I'll catch you on the other side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman. It's baby boys, baby girls. You need to hear this. Every sit down, sit down. Receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea. We are go sippy, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find. And she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind. Say you mind.